0: Thank you very much, Dan, for such nice introduction, and thanks for inviting me. It's a great pleasure to uh, present my research area to your colleagues and researchers in Geary Institute. So today I am going to concentrate on uh, work we have done during mainly an urban environmental project, uh, which was uh, funded by EPA in Ireland, and the goal was to adapt and calibrate land use model MOLAND for. Greater Dublin region. But before going into the Moland model, I will do a short introduction to GIS because I didn't know how much aware about GIS and what kind of uh, capabilities GIS have. So, first of all, why we need models like Moland. This snapshot of newsletters shows that Dublin was recognized as worst case of urban sprawl in Europe by, Europe, by European Environmental Agency and it was a was brought as an example which should be avoided by other European countries. So this shows how bad can be a situation when uh, planning and decision-making is done not based on uh, data-driven decisions and based on other uh, decision-making tools. That's why MOLAND is kind of a special decision support system which helps decision-makers to do more evidence-based decisions to avoid such kind of scenarios. So, uh, special decision support systems are type of decision support systems which are based on spatial and geographic component are trying to help decision makers. And they are mainly based on the geographic information systems. Geo- geographic information system is not just a software or not just a database. It's composition of all these five components here. Software, data, methods, people and hardware, of course. I will not go into the much details here, but I will bring a couple of examples how GIS is used, particularly for Ireland, we have used in our research. First, GIS, which stands for Geographic Information Systems, include datasets sets as a layers. So in this example, you can see that several layers are stored to kind of model the reality here. And the data can be in point features or polygons or lines, like for example, homes or buildings can be point features on the map. Streets can be lines. District areas can be polygons. So there are three different main kind of data sets you store in GIS. But the the best advantage of GIS is that the map is connected with data set. So for each point, for each feature in your map, you have particular data row. You see in this example, the table, data table is connected with map. So for each of the data point, uh, for each of the features in the map, we have data, which allows us to do much more than just showing map or publishing map. We can do a lot of analysis using these databases. And GIS is very widely applied around the world in many disciplines. There are almost all uh, You can find GIS application in almost all disciplines nowadays. So here are some examples of uh, mapping we have done during our research uh, previous couple of years. This is uh, an example of census mapping. Particularly, this shows people with third level education in 2006. And you can see rate per 1,000 people by electoral division areas. So this simple map, it shows just the n- number from census. There is no analytic, uh, there is no analysis here, actually. So this is one of the features of GIS. You can just show descriptive, descriptive information. Another example from census, and this was done by all Ireland Research Observatory. They have very good uh, data source online, iro.ie. If you had a chance, you p- I, I would recommend to take a look. So it gives you opportunity to create your own maps based on uh, based on census information. So particularly in this case, we have population density by square kilometer. But you can use GIS also to do some analysis. For example, here we have calculated buildings within one kilometer from a bus stop. So this gives you already some indicator of accessibility. For doing such analysis, we have overlaid different datasets. Particularly, we have overlaid buildings from geodirectory data and we have overlaid public transport nodes, bus stops, from uh, National Transport Authority data set. And then, using GIS functionality, we have calculated the distance from each building to the nearest bus stop. And then we have summarized this information based on electoral division level. And this is what shows this map. Another example from Iro. this is the driving duration to emergency hospitals. Again, shows accessibility to hospitals. Now you can see which parts of Ireland are far. They are, uh, in this legend, you can see 90 minutes is the blue one, the dark blue. Oh, sorry, I don't know what I have pressed here. Okay, so the dark blue is the 90 minutes interval. So you see there are some uh, parts of Ireland which are pretty, uh, Which are pretty far from uh, the nearest emergency hospital. Or this map shows the driving duration to secondary schools in Dublin County, particularly. You can do density analysis. For example, in this slide, you see construction jobs density calculated by uh, Edgar Morgan Road in 2008. And then we have calculated similar indicator, but based on already number of organizations in construction sector. In 2011 so you can compare where are the jobs concentrated and where are the organizations are concentrated and you can do also cluster analysis in GIS showing where are the hotspots of particular sectors. in this example we have wholesale and retail trade and accommodation and food services organizations and in both cases you can see that Dublin is kind of major center for these sectors Additionally, there are other big cities, but you can find also some surprising results. For example, Cork City, which is second the largest city in Ireland, has not very good representation of accommodation and food services, actually. And the blue, Point, uh, blue uh, areas are actually so-called cold areas, where there is not enough representation of particular companies. And we have also used uh, GIS to calculate comprehensive opportunities in Ireland. This um, comprehensive opportunity mapping was based on calculation of 32 indicators. So they were calculated, weighted, and combined to show the overall opportunity in Ireland. This includes opportunity to education, opportunity to health system, opportunity to uh, transport nodes, overall life quality or deprivation index. So there are a lot of indicators are included in this map. This is just yes. Just open source like graphs? In our case we have used ArcGIS, like U C D provide ArcGIS license so we don't have issue with it. But uh, in our uh, School of Geography, we also have Grass and Quantum GIS installed in our laboratory. So there are some researchers and students who prefer open source. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's, yeah. Do you see any difference in popularity? I would say probably the uh, ArcGIS package is more user friendly and functionality is easier, probably, to, to do something than in open source. But from other viewpoint, if you don't have enough funding to buy license for ArcGIS, you may focus you may do your work on open source because there are very good packages now which have a lot of even better functionality in some instances than ArcGIS. So it's it depends where are you working, what is your research topic. So pss. okay, so now for MOLAND. MOLAND actually stands for monitoring urban land cover dynamics the model was developed as a part of initiative of european council joint research center and it was kind of response to the challenge of providing means for accessing and analyzing urban regional development trends across european states so MOLAND model uh, the goal of MOLAND model is to assess monitor and model past present and future urban and regional development from viewpoint of sustainable development to uh, I realize how popular it is. These are the study areas mainly in Europe where Moland was applied. And one of the biggest study areas is in Ireland and also in Northern Ireland. You can see there's some application of Moland model there. So there are more than uh, m- over 20 regions are using Moland actually now. And this is our study region we have calibrated Moland for. So it includes Dublin County and surrounding five counties. The reason, including Loud County, was uh, the perspective in future to join it with uh, Northern Ireland model and see this cross-border development, how it is going. So MOLAT model works in three coupled special scales. The first, global level, uh, we have figures of population and jobs entered as total. Population projections for whole region, job projections divided in three main sectors, for whole region, in the regional level, these numbers are already allocated in county level, based on interregional migration of activities and residents, based on relative attractiveness of the counties. And finally, in the local level, the detailed allocation of economic activities and people is modelled by cellular automata. To make it more clear, in this slide. I will present how one step of simulation work in MOLAND. So one step of simulation is equal to one year in MOLAND model. In this case, for example, we have uh, this particular land use of this part of Dublin. And after one year, we are getting simulated land use map. But to do this, MOLAND runs through macro model which includes these global and regional levels indicated in previous sites. So you see population and projection numbers and numbers by counties. And then in micro model level, it runs cellular automata model. So cellular automata uses different neighborhood rules. Particularly here, I brought a couple of examples just to clarify how it works. This graph shows the influence of residential area on commercial areas. So in this point, it seems, this is the distance in meters so it seems if it is close, if residential area is closed it's good for commercial area and it is declining and another example here which has negative effect is influence of industrial areas of residential areas on residential areas and it's logically uh, yeah people don't like to be very close to factories and measure industrial areas that's why it's kind of big negative impact but then People don't like to be very far also from their workspace, so there is some increasing influence here also. And we have similar rules defined between all other land use classes. Yeah? So what's the resolution the uh, The land use maps we have used in MOLAND are uh, based on uh, 200 meter resolution grid. So here we have 200 meter resolution grid. Uh, but other layers which I'm going now to present, we, we are using other layers from GIS, like street network, uh, railway, uh, accessibility maps. So each of them, it depends. Raster maps are mainly 200-meter resolution. But we have also vector maps, like streets, boundaries, and other maps. So they, they the resolution of the Automata will value the raster. Automata works on raster level. So it's cell, yeah, it's, it works on cell level. That's why rasters are the base of cellular automata. But you can overlay a raster with other data sets from GIS, like vector maps. Okay. Resolution can be different. Like, we have used 200-meter resolution, which was kind of the best in our case. But it can be different. In other regions, they, people use 500-meter or 100-meter, depending what is the scale of the region, because it can be very slow if you are using very detailed cells. So, in addition to neighborhood rules, as I told, we are using another data sets which are overlaying on these and which are helping the model to find out where the next in the next stage the development will occur. Particularly, we are using transport zones, accessibility, suitability, and zoning maps. Uh, uh, just to explain, for example, zoning map is uh, more. Um, uh, Restrictions on development by decision makers, like planning restrictions, where you don't, uh, you cannot get permission to construct something in Phoenix Park, for example. There are some zoning restrictions, yeah? Suitability is more physical, like where it's more suitable to construct something based on soil, slope, uh, or elevation, or a lot of other physical characteristics. Accessibility shows the distance to major roads, motorways, and transport nodes are included to show the travel between different transport zones, particularly based on power car data sets from census. And this is how it looks MOLAND when it is running. This is actually cellular automata running, based on all this information. And you can see land use types here, 23 land use types we have in our model. And particularly these uh, rapid growing areas are residential areas. And here you can see how the year is changing. So this model runs from 2000 to 2025, I think. Yeah, and you can see how the model grows. So it's based on past development? Uh, Actually, using past development, we are calibrating the model, and then running it for future. So we have used datasets from 1990, 2000, and 2006 to calibrate the model and validate it and then we run it from 2006 to future the reason we have uh, used 2006 was uh, we have land use maps of ireland for 2006 from current data sets unfortunately there are no updated maps by now and also census was in 2006 the previous one so all the data was based on 2006 depending depending on the scenarios you can change but the rules neighborhood rules are the same neighborhood rules are not changeable unless you want to run it like you can run the model t particular year change the rules and then run it Uh, but you can change other parameters there like zoning for example transport nodes which are more practical for example you you have a scenario where you think that i'm going to construct something in this year what influence this will have on my development I will show you the examples how we have used such modification actually in the model. So now on, I will show you some practical examples we have done using modern model. And the first one was a study we have done with uh, Dublin regional authorities for wastewater management. So the uh, Dublin regional authorities provided us their map of wastewater treatment capacity in greater Dublin region. So you see, it was in 2009 when they have provided us So this shows how it looks, how it looked in 2009. And then they have some plans to upgrade their treatment plants in 2020. So by color actually here, you see the capacity, how much it will increase or decrease or something. So you can see that most of the areas are increasing in capacity, which is logical. If you think population is mainly increasing in this area, so capacity should increase. So the question was that if this uh, particular plan is good, if it is enough to increase, or if it is necessary to increase so much, maybe there is no need. So they asked us to run model and model for three different population scenarios. So they gave us this medium growth scenario, which was based on CSO population projection in the next 20 years. And then they have asked us to run also two other scenarios, which is one like 15% less than medium scenario and one 15% more than medium scenario and see how it will influence on development and particularly on their plants. And this is the resulting maps we have got. This is just showing the development, actually. This is not land use map. This is just showing the development. So green areas are areas which were existing already in 2006. Blue areas are areas which are developed during this 20 year of simulation. So you can see in these three different scenarios, we have three different kind of development. most of development, of course, occur, occur in high growth scenario. Yeah? And then we overlaid these uh, land use maps with uh, catchment boundary areas. So here you can see uh, 2006 land use map. These areas, these red areas, are residential areas, and this red boundary here is the catchment boundary. So then we have overlaid this with our simulation map. This is already According to scenario one, how land use map will look in 2026. And we see that most of the development area is inside of the catchment area, which is good. Then we have overlaid with the second scenario. Already we see there is some problem. Some areas are developing outside of the catchment plan area. And finally, the uh, highest growth scenario has a major problem here because we have pretty uh, dense uh, residential area developed outside of the region uh, boundaries and um, this is comparison just for residential areas how it will look is this resolution for, each of for each of what sorry and each of these simulation parts has the same yes 200 meters is standard it's fixed we don't change it yeah so uh, this is again from same simulation another region in Donabate catchment area in Finland. So two thousand six, then we have two thousand twenty six low growth scenario, medium growth scenario, and high growth scenario. And again in high growth scenario we have area which is outside of catchment boundaries. But there are not only there are other problems also. This is not just being inside of boundary or outside of boundary. So in the next Yeah, this is comparison of these three boundaries. And here we have also calculated how much residential area was increased in these particular catchment areas and how much they are planning to increase the catchment capacity. For example, in Donabate, you see this is the residential area in in blue it is in 2006. So residential area in Donabate catchment uh, actually is going to increase about four times. And when we are comparing with catchment plant, we see that in Donabay, they are going to increase more than six times the capacity plant, Uh, which may be fine. Maybe they are doing more than they need. But the more problematic is Wicklow catchment area. We see that they have about three times increase in 2026 in residential areas, but they are not going to upgrade their capacity in Wicklow. So this is kind of. Raising some questions for them if this is necessary or not. Yeah, so yeah. PE is, that P P is uh, person equivalent. This is kind of um, a unit how they calculate the capacity of waste water um, treatment. But person equivalent is not the same as uh, one person. It's they have a lot. They have quite complicated formula how they are calculating this person equivalent. So. It's a little bit strange unit, but <laughs> this is what they gave us. So another example is uh, Metro North scenario. So this was done before all this uh, collapse and this whole Transport 21 initiative was uh, rejected because of this financial crisis. But this study was done before the decision was made. Actually, uh, we know according to Transport 21, Uh, The plan was to provide seven light rail and two metro infrastructures by uh, 2016. But also Department of Transport published a report in 2010 when they have indicated that it is expected that as a result of current policies, congestion and transport emissions are likely to increase and that economic competitiveness and quality of life may decline. So even though they are going to improve network, but it is estimated that quality of life may decline. And our research was pointed just particularly on transport uh, on uh, Metro North to see what is the benefit to have Metro North. Is there any uh, influence of Metro North and necessity? So Mollen model was used to simulate two scenarios, one with development of Metro North and one without development of Metro North, from 2006 to 2026. So business as usual scenario was continuation of current patterns without any development which is now actually happening we are not going to see major development there in the next at least in the next years yeah but uh, scenario 2 was more optimistic that Metro North will be actually developed by 2016 and th- let's see what our indicators will show so this map shows how Metro North will actually pass so we see from the Dublin city center it goes north and these are transport zones used in uh, moland model actually numbers so there are several transport nodes which are uh, transport um, uh, sectors uh, zones which are actually intersected by metro and after we did moland simulation like you had uh, you have seen in previous example we have calculated uh, several indicators and these are some of the uh, main indicators so it shows the total numbers of trips in whole greater dublin region by pri- private transport will be about 0.5% less. And by public transport, it will be about 2% more if Metro-North is working. But just remind you that Metro-North is not passing through whole Greater Dublin region. It's passing just part of it. So then we have calculated indicator just for this part where it is intersecting. And it shows already significant, more significant results. So it will be 4% less by private transport and about 20% more trips by public transport. So, this shows that actually Metro Nord would provide model shift. It would have effect on model shift, increasing public transport usage and decreasing private transport usage. Another example of uh, moreland model application was the study we have done recently with uh, collaboration agla- again with Dublin regional authorities for rego- regional planning. First I will introduce you some of the simplest scenarios in regional planning, kind of dispersed development versus compact city. So the next slide will show you obvious difference. So this is the dispersed development where there are no restrictions, people developing their houses uh, without any much restriction, and compact development scenario is restricting development in metropolitan area of Dublin city. So. This is kind of extreme, two extreme cases. We are not going to... This was just to show how these extremes will look. But more realistically, Dublin Regional Authorities asked us to run four different scenarios for uh, updating Dublin Regional Planning Guideline, which was done recently. So there were four scenarios. Each of, uh, I will show you in the next slides. So first one was called Continued Trend. So it was business as usual scenario, actually. We have continuation of the current dispersed settlement patterns. You see the suitability map. It shows how much the area is suitable, and mostly you see they are suitable except Wicklow mountains and others. Uh, It was decided not to include any special green belt or any other zoning restrictions to show the current trends of development. So only the red areas are restricted for development by law, and other areas can be used. And finally, it was uh, just a couple of uh, transport network updates introduced in 2012 and 2020. And this shows how, yeah, you see the year is changing. This shows how this business-as-usual scenario is running in MOLAND. So again, it was done from 2006 to 2026. The next one was finger expansion scenario. This was kind of to see the effect of firm policy of consolidation Area explored. (coughs) Development is strongly directed towards and expanding metropolitan footprint. So now metropolitan footprint is kind of encouraged to have development there. And there was strict green belts to discourage excessive development in rural areas and link protected areas. So this uh, green, uh, sorry, this um, red polygons are showing restricted areas, which are actually introduced to join uh, green areas, like you see Phoenix Park is joined with rural areas and other natural areas here, and to uh, prevent joining of other urban areas here. And again, transport update. All Transport 21, Railway, St. Louis delivered in 2016. This was very optimistic. And this shows how, in case of these scenarios, development will be. So the name, Finger Expansion. You see are kind of finger. This comes from this development pattern. The third was consolidation of key towns and the city. Growth was focused within existing metropolitan footprint, but also in some key towns in the hinterland. So you can see these key towns also encouraged to have some development. Zoning was also introduced as a strict zoning, even more strict than in previous example. And transport network updates. And this is how this case will develop. The zoning shows this is the boundaries of our model, yeah. So the zoning shows still here, yeah. And similarly, it runs still here. Yeah. So all this zoning suitability, all maps are covering just our region. Discrete Dublin region. And finally, the fourth scenario was managed dispersal scenario, which was kind of more realistic and which was actually used in regional planning guidelines which were published recently. So this was development is focused again within metropolitan footprint and other development centers. Green belts are introduced to prevent merging of towns. And transport network updates you see there were different kind of updates. There. And these were scenarios provided by the Dublin regional authorities. These are not our own scenarios. This actually, they were thinking that these are the possibilities, which one we should consider like the best scenario for Dublin. And this is how this scenario looks when the model runs. Okay, so side by side you can see there's obvious difference like the business as usual, if we don't change anything, we continue like it was, this will happen. And then we have very different scenarios, and this is just showing the difference in development. So again, this is comparing business as usual scenario in this case with scenario two. So the blue are scenario two development and uh, uh, reds are in business as usual which means the rates are not existing in scenario two, actually. And similarly, here, business as usual compared with scenario three, and there with scenario four. So you can see that it can be very different depending what we decide now, yeah? After 20 years, development patterns will be very different. And we have calculated also some indicators to show by numbers, what in numbers it will look. For example, this shows change in land use and we will s- uh, we see that mostly development occurs in Dublin and mostly green area loss also in Dublin. And this shows encroachment of development within one kilometer of protected areas. So for this case, for example, scenario 3.1, it, it was kind of sub-scenarios there. Scenario 3.1 is the best, like it's not too much encroachment, while the business as usual scenario has the most encroachment. This shows percentage of urban areas within one kilometer of transport nodes. Again, when you compare with 2006, the percentage is low in all other scenarios. In 2026, less urban areas will be close to transport nodes. But at least in scenario two, we have higher numbers. So in that case, from that sense, this uh, scenario is better. This shows uh, mean distance between residential and urban, green urban areas, like areas to parks or sport pitches. And for each county, you can see different. And it, sometimes it can be very big. Like here, we see scenario 2.1 compared with other scenarios. It can be about 800 or even 1,000 meters difference, mean difference, which is essential, actually. And this is population distribution between metropolitan area and the hinterland. So as a conclusion, Moland. Uh, is very powerful tool to provide uh, to assess policy planning policy to quantify the environmental impact of different land use policies to provide uh, comparison discuss uh, discussion and uh, visualization means for uh, decision makers to analyze transport impacts and to explore a range of what if scenarios but most important to indicate here that this is not kind of prediction of future. This is kind of simulation of one of the possibilities in future. So the uh, important thing here is to generate the discussions that you see if we do this, it may happen like this. If we do this, it may happen like this. And this is amazing when you are showing these results to decision makers and seeing the discussion between them because each of them have their own perspective, have their own specialization and they are like you have seen, one indicator is good for one scenario; another indicator is good for another scenario, and this is raising a lot of questions and discussions, which is leading to better decisions. So this is the overall goal of models like MOLAND. I think I will finish on this, and just to let you know also that the uh, School of Geography have uh, this uh, free GIS clinic opened recently, which provides some research and consulting. Um, for our researchers in UCD. So if you have any GIS-related questions, you can make an appointment and come over. And now, thank you. If you have any questions, I will be happy to.